Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. Almost our last one before football arrives. It's not, though. Got another one. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills Gilbert, right here in what I still am going to call the GPC Studios, but I'm contemplating a name change, Zach. I'm contemplating a name change. Of what? The, the studio that we just called GPC Studios. But my uh, basement. But, right. This is my basement. This is one of the old guest rooms that now is my studio. And I love it. Other than once in a while, someone will turn on the hose outside and we'll get a loud squealing sound in this studio. Not good. But around the corner from this studio is our like theater room that we don't use very often because my wife won't let me get a 75-inch TV because I live in tyranny. But anyhow, that's a side. That Unless is, uh, K-State's playing in Cayman Islands. Uh, but I, I, I still can't get the 75-inch TV. I have a 55-inch okay. TV. And every time I... But we use the every, room. Every time I put out a picture of it, people go, why is your TV so small? It's 55 inches. It's all about perspective. That's a whole different topic. I think it's weird thinking about this room as being a bedroom because it's, it's so huge weird. Bedroom. It's so awkward. I don't think you could fit a king-size bed anywhere in this room and have it work. Well, yeah. That's Actually, cool. even... May, you might be able to get a queen in here. Okay, well, if you press it against the wall, this um, is here's here's the thing though, is when we moved in here, this room, uh, it didn't have that closet. It didn't have a closet. It just had this open space, and there was actually a stage here, because apparently a couple owners ago or people ago, a kid was a drummer and has kit set up here. Which, you know, it's studio now. It's a good place. Did you touch his drum set? I did not touch his drum set. <laughs> I did not do it. Um, and But we, when we came in, uh, not about six months after we moved in here, we had a flood. And water got underneath the stage and just mold erupted all over this mm-hmm. room. So we had to redo the room, put it in the closet. That's not important to the story, Zach. You've got me sidetracked here. It, but, <laughs> but around the corner from the living room or the theater room is a bar, right? We got a full bar down here that we don't use. What's, yeah, what's, I'm aware of that. Oh, shut up. Uh, quit, quit trying to interrupt the story. Uh, so what's the name of the bar? I love dog this bar. Room. It, is the, it is the dog room. It's the dog room. The dog room. And every year we used to have a party called the Cats and Dogs Party. It would be on a Friday night before a home football game, and we'd raise money for some animal shelter or something, and we stopped doing that. Uh, I don't even know why. I went to one. I know. We just stopped. We got to nine and stopped. We're we're going to fire it back up, but now we need some new flooring in there. It's all a whole thing. No cats, though. Who's want to name it the dog room? I don't want any cats near me. 
But no cats attend the party. The cats well, are the wildcats. Why is it cats, cats and dogs? The, the wildcats were celebrating K-State football and animal shelter. You're celebrating? What if they lose the next day? Well, then it will be hungover and it won't matter to us. Okay. I'm thinking about renaming work. our studio uh, the Cats and Dogs Studio. I don't like it. Okay. I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. He's like he's like my second spouse. What, whatever idea I have, no, I don't like it. You know what this room really needs? What? If you're going to put beds in here, like it's oh, bunk beds are the only thing that would fit in here, I think. You could with, put like three with, sets with of the bunk drums, beds. With the it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It's a. But it's it, the stepbrothers' studios. This is a <laughs> shotgun room here, and our tables right. The, in the bar middle. shape you hate. Well, that was a long ways to go for nothing. Anyhow, welcome to the podcast. We're sponsored by uh, Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're wonderful. I'm back from vacation. It was wonderful, and uh, we had our annual pilgrimage to Breckenridge. Uh, to see all things great and beautiful at 10,000 feet. Uh, but we meet friends and we have a good time. And we always go to the Breck Distillery. Every year we go to the Breck Distillery. Uh, this was... Please turn off your phone. Someone out there in the audience has a phone on right now. Please silence your phones. Okay. Um, anyhow, so we go... To, and this one was kind of tame. We got a little drunk at the Breck Distillery, but not too bad. And then I get a DM on our website... And I didn't know he was a member of our website. But if you don't know this, the Breck Distillery was founded by a K-Stater who is on our website saying, make sure you stop by. And I'm like, dude, we already did. We did. We do it every year. Is it Breck Brewery? Is that a different? No, yeah, but it's different. This is the mm, distillery. Different? Okay. Yeah, I don't think do. I've ever been there. Yeah. The okay. distillery is awesome. They do okay. really good whiskeys. Um, they, they apparently have a really good gin. I don't like gin. Um, but they have vodka, pear vodka. Um, do they have Pacifico there? No, it's, it's that wasn't, I don't drink beer when I'm there. I have fancy schmancy drinks. Yeah. I taught them how to make a banana hammock. <laughs> they have pear vodka that they make, and they have like a banana puree or something. Yeah, they had okay. a banana. It was a puree. It was some. It was a liqueur. Okay, and it was totally different than banana banana hammock you can get at your employers, but it was still delicious. The banana the banana hammocks are always great. Oh, Always great. Thank you, Breck Distillery. You can find all of Breckenridge Distillery products at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. That's where I was Smooth. On with your questions from Wabash Station. Our users, our subscribers, our VIPs, and uh, ask the questions. I earn that right. And by the way, we are the fastest growing site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Not getting the most, great biggest percentage. Because some of those sites are pretty damn big. But we're kicking ass. We thank you very much. If you're not subscribing, please consider doing so, so you can ask these questions too. And Ryan Gilbert's going to read them. First question is from Awint25. Do you expect K-State to open up the playbook a little against Southeast Missouri State and Troy? Um, Not against Southeast Missouri State. I think they're just going to try to establish basic stuff. This is what we do. And, you know, it's one of those things, if they get into a situation where they've got to score some points, they'll crack it open. I mean, Colin learned that from Coach Snyder. But he's not going to show much. Against Troy, I think they will uh, because the Tulane game last year. I think they let that one sneak up on them. They came into the game being a little too conservative, and they couldn't get out of it. They couldn't solve that issue. So I think they'll open it up against Troy. But I think SEMO, they'll just kind of cruise with the running game and simple passing game. 
Yeah, I think SEMO will be a boring game, and I think Troy will be an exciting game. I agree with both of those. And Troy's morning game, right? Yes. And SEMO's a night game. Had someone DM me, they're they're stressed out because all of their K-State stuff is purple. SEMO is a stripe out, and they're in a white section. And I said, go buy simple white T-shirts. They made a shirt that they sell at Rally House. Oh, really? You can buy the purple shirt or the white shirt. It's a Big 12 Champions, oh. like, ring shirt. There you go, Jeff. There, there's your answer. I suggested just get a purple Sharpie and write, go Cats, on it. Just the simplest stuff that intentionally looks ridiculous. Emaw, just written in a purple Sharpie on a white T-shirt. Follow you, the rules. You'd do it. I would. I would do that in a heartbeat. Or one of your tank tops. Oh, man. I'd be so sexy in a tank top. You already are. Mm. Mm. In fact, I might take the shirt off. It's hot in here. It is kind of toasty. Well, I've had the air off because it's been beautiful. See, now think. you know what it's like to drive in my car. This is. Oh, not, wait. This isn't the overtime. Sorry. This mm-hmm. is not like what it's like to drive in your car. This is like 75 degrees. Your car gets to like the heat of the sun. Yeah. Okay. Move on. From Go Upercat, Uper. could the improvement in Will Howard's play this season be as remarkable as the improvement we saw last season? Oh, if it is, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm dead serious. I mean, he's going to contend for it at least. If he makes that kind of improvement and, you know, another leap forward that big, he's going to be incredible. I have a feeling he's going to be better. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But if he gets much better, he's going to be going to New York at the end of the season. That, that fella at USC might have something to say about it, but um, I think Will Howard would certainly be the All Big Twelve quarterback, and certainly will be on the stage or invited uh, to New York for the Heisman ceremony if he improves as much as he did between last season or two seasons ago and last season, because that that was a huge leap forward. I think if Will Howard's going to improve, I think you're going to need to see improvement from the wide receivers. I think there's still a lot of question marks as far as the personnel goes there. You're going to need a guy that's going to catch a lot of touchdown passes. I don't know which wide receiver that guy's going to be. I think we feel strong about Ben Sinnott's probably going to catch quite a few touchdown passes this year, but I think it it comes down to sheer numbers of touchdown passes that he's able to throw. If what you know that in yards, I think he'll probably throw for about as much as he did last year, maybe a little bit more. But I think it comes down to. If he's going to win the Heisman, he needs to throw it. And quite frankly, he probably needs to run a few touchdowns in, too. Will Howard really set the his own bar, you know, really high for this upcoming season. So it's going to be tough to to have such an improvement like he had last year. It'd be great to see it. And if he does do that, he'd be absolutely going to, uh, you know, the Heisman ceremony and all that stuff. But it's tough. He really set the bar high for himself and I'm not saying he's not going to improve at all but I mean it's going to take a lot for him to have another big jump like he did last year I would agree I I mean that was such a sizable jump I, I can't imagine him getting that much better and nobody saw it coming no people are expecting Will Howard to be great this year they're expecting him maybe to be a little bit better which would be great I mean did you listen to me all year before the season last year you, I was pretty high on Will Howard. You, you loved some Will Howard. I did love some Will Howard. Weirdo. As much as you love uh, Jake Waters. Ah, uh, maybe a little more. We love some Jake, mm. though. Well, that's hard to do. 
from came to elevate our football ticket sales where you expected them to be at this point. Well, they basically sold out. I mean, I think everything's are, sold, are, sold out. Students are sold out. Yeah. I think it's scattered singles, standing room only. It's pretty impressive. Well, that'd be a good name for a backup band. Welcome to the stage, Zach Carlson and the Scattered Singles. That's me and Zach. <laughs> it's all of us. <laughs> Not enough. It's, but, what? What? <laughs> How about you guys? The dogs, the I think, dogs count there. Sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, if you're an AD, you want ticket demand. You know, you want you want to sell at your stadium and have people clamoring for tickets and. You know, if you do that enough times, they'll probably figure out a way to add some seats, which I don't know how they how would do. It? I don't know. I really don't. They kind of, unless they turn a corner, you know, I'm not sure. I'm. They. I think it's. I think that K State is literally at the point where they are built in. If you, I think you have to tear something down if you want to add seats, and I don't think there's a good way to tear anything down. You're tearing down either the east side or the West Stadium Center, and I don't think you're doing either of those. And if you tore down the east side, you'd build more suites anyway. Right. You, you wouldn't build number. more stands. I agree. General seats. But, yeah, I mean, 50,000. Yeah. There was a day when we thought they maybe could support 60,000, but it's just become very clear you don't want to overbuild your stadium. And I've always been so impressed with Iowa State fans can sell out a much larger stadium at what sixty five roughly, and yet the success doesn't match up. That they're in for a long season, and I think they're sold out again or close to it. Oklahoma State just sold out their season tickets too, and this, they're they're about upper fifties, maybe sixty thousand. So yeah, this gets back to one of my points of the Big Twelve. You know, Pac twelve schools could be all snobby about stuff, but. Look at look at your stadiums now. Compare that to even Kansas when the, with a small taste of winning, started filling their stands. It's just much more important college football, college sports in general here in Big Twelve country, and I think that's going to be an adjustment for fans. Utah fans are coming in thinking they're going to own this conference because all they have to compare to is the Mountain West and Pac twelve, and I think they're going to be in for a shock. How how hostile the environments are when you go on the road, how much more of a challenge it is to win in this conference. They'll be at the disadvantage of having to travel farther, too. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I think football tickets are right on target. I think um, the demand for football and basketball tickets has probably never been greater in a com combined season. Add in volleyball. Add in volleyball. I'll be really curious. They, did they sell out their season tickets? Oh, I don't know about that. There was something that they sent out. The Nebraska game sold out. I know that. But I want to say that season tickets are sold out, I think. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna fact check him, but uh, I don't really care that much. How about up. Zach? We love yes. volleyball, though. Volleyball season tickets and Nebraska match sold out. Okay. That was from Monday. From Jordan? From Jordan Ballard. She sent it out to us. That was very nice of her. You guys remember back in no. like 2021 when we had all these conversations about stadiums not being filled because people got just so comfortable with, you know, watching games yep. from home and stuff with COVID. And, you know, that was a valid, <clears throat> excuse me, a valid conversation that we had um, about stadiums not being filled, seats being empty. And now that, you know, K-State's had really good seasons in both football and basketball, that conversation really has gone away and these seats are, are being filled. I don't know how it 
you know, stacks up across the entire country. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's getting more back to normal, but K-State here in Manhattan absolutely is back to normal. Winning cures all. Right, mm-hmm. right. But remember in 21, it was, there was a real, I wouldn't say a concern, but it was an issue with, with empty seats after oh, it was. pandemic. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was for, for what 2021 was as a year in yeah. society as a whole. I think K-State probably outperformed expectations when you, you know, put it in the vacuum. But now that everything's essentially back to normal, you know, winning the Big 12 championship last year was about as good as you can ask for. And, you know, basketball having the run that they did, you know, exceeding expectations by a lot certainly was, you know, it was a nice double up for both sports, I think. I agree. I agree with the agreeing. Last question of our first half is from Ohio Power Cat. What are your initial impressions of the newcomers after the scrimmage with the Israel Select team? Uh, promising. I mean, they, as a group, they looked kind of ragged. Uh, but, I mean, I think the newcomers are good. Will they mesh together in the kind of unit that they had last year? Um, I don't know, but I, I mean, what, last year was so unexpected. And they're still adding players, literally. I mean, they're overseas. They don't have David Gasson with them. Uh, they're picking up another transfer portal player here in the States. It, uh, here I mean, in the States. Yeah. yeah. And There's no days off, man. Recruiting. Uh, it's just amazing um, how they build a roster. It's fun to watch. I don't know who they're going to get for that last spot, but they'll. he said they're going to find someone, so I'm sure they will. I, I think they're going to be good. As good as last year, man, that's a high bar. It was just kind of a perfect storm. Yeah. Kaluma, so we've talked about newcomers. There's obviously the, the transfer portal additions and then the high school players, which I don't think that there's a whole lot to be expected from Ames and Rich and Jones. But I was real impressed with Ames and, and Jones specifically as far as the freshmen go. I think Michaela Britch had a little bit of the jitters in the early portions of that game. And once he got his feet under him, he had a good fourth quarter against Israel Select. But Arthur Kaluma, man, he is the real deal. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the – the entire game, but on K-State's first three possessions, two of them ended in an Arthur Kaluma three-pointer going through the net. And so that was my biggest concern for him when he came off from Creighton was his ability to shoot the basketball. And obviously that, um, you know, concern is sort of put to rest. You know, he's going to be a guy that can get to the bucket and score. I mean, he is Keontae Johnson-esque with just his way to operate on so many levels. And so, He's not going to be Keontae Johnson. I don't think he's going to be, but Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel, there's, you know, those players are tough to come by. But <clears throat> Cam Carter, he also looked real good, and I think that we're going to see a, a real big expanded role from him with those superstars being gone off the team. And I don't know if you guys saw Arizona play against Israel Select on Monday. Arizona won by, I think, 49 points. And so when you see K-State win by seven in a pretty close game, I I would say that's not the most encouraging thing to look at. But no David Gasson. This is the team's, you know, they've got five newcomers that played in that game. So five of the ten players that played were were new. So I think that this K-State team needs some time to gel together. And you look at the Wildcats last year, none of us really could see an Elite Eight coming until – you know, K-State started off 4-5-0 oh, in Big 12 conference play. And then it was like, okay, this team really can do something because, you know, you guys remember those games in the Cayman Islands. 
you remember the game against Wichita State where K-State just squeaks out ugly victories. It took a while for this team to to come together and and find ways to win games. Obviously, good way good teams find ways to win, even if that's against you know an Israel select team playing overseas. Um, so it was a good a good first stepping stone for the season for for the off season at least. But there's a long ways to go. You know, I think there were some weaknesses. Tyler Perry absolutely can be a guy that can score the ball. I think his you know his roles as being a point guard, you know, being a quarterback to K State's you know half court offense. I think that that could use some improvement as well. And obviously K-State, the first quarter really was just chucking up threes Mm -hmm. over and over again. I don't know if that was the game plan from Tang or if that was just, you know, being nervous and wanting to shoot the ball and get it out of your hands. Who knows? But it's the first game. Let's take everything with a grain of salt. And I know they play Mexico here coming up on, I was confused. Did you see Tom Gilbert's email? Mm. It said Friday. And I don't know if that meant Friday and Abu Dhabi or a Friday in the United States. So I was a little confused, but they'll play Mexico soon. They're playing. Hold on, they're playing Mexico in the Middle East. Yeah, I guess they've got some national team playing. It seems like we could have saved a lot of money on travel, right? Just, just catch a bus, <laughs> go down I mean, to Tijuana. It probably does mean Friday because if they're playing at eight a.m. on in Dubai, that'd be like what midnight here. They play it. <sighs> They're probably playing at least in the afternoon. It's at night. So it's going to so. be. So it's on Thursday night, right? No. No. It's not that It's not it, that big, it of, a time. Not, not that big okay. of a time difference. The no. game we it's watched the, same as the other day was a night game over there. Right. But it was. It'll be something like that. Here. Same day, though. Yeah. Right. But, but if you flip-flop it, it's going to be a different day, right? What? If you what? flip-flop the times. Well, if you play in the morning, it'll just be late night just to early back. morning. Yeah. They, they will, who plays the game in the morning, though? Even if they play it at noon, it'll still be. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., still be the same something day like or, that. Still the same day. Yeah, I, but anyhow. I'm out of it right now. Um, it's I'm not lost. like the World Cup. I, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, that I am apparently fluent in both uh, Hebrew and Yiddish, because I thought they were speaking Yiddish, but I guess it was Hebrew. And I understand every word the announcers were saying. I had no idea I could speak these languages. They did. One of their little parts where you could understand them, they did break into English once in a while. They talked about how much better they are playing against Kansas State than they did Arizona. Maybe okay. it was a coach in a, in a okay. sideline interview. Okay. Said, we're yeah. just playing so much better here than we did the other day. What was that guy's name? Um, I don't know. The G League player, though. He- <laughs> oh, the G League guy was amazing. Um, he had a perfect. His name was Ryan something. I yeah. Think. He, was a, he was a baller. He was. Everyone's like, sign him. Well, you can't. I'm sure there's a part. You could break a rule. Grab him. I don't. Ryan Terrell. That's how rules work. Ryan Terrell. Terrell. Terrell, yes. Apparently from California, played college ball in Israel. Um, I thought he played college hoops in the States is what I heard from someone else. No, he was. Okay. He went from the G League from because I kept finding stories from Israeli papers about his college career, <laughs> how dominant he was. He's a yeah. guy can hoop. Yeah. I wonder if Arizona has a lockdown defender that really shut him down yeah. on Monday. Yeah. But it's, uh, did you guys notice, like, Marcus Foster, like, they they said his name, like, 20 times. Oh, I know. Because he played in Israel. So did Poland. Kelly played there. They mentioned quite a few guys, actually. I think Jamar Samuels played there. You know, you'd hear them talking in non-English, and then you hear just a former Wildcat. You're like, whoa. Oh, by the way, no, that guy went for, like, 30-plus against Arizona. I mean, he, he, put, really? he put up huge numbers in both. Okay. <laughs> All right. That it? That was it? Oh, that was it for the first half of the Powercat podcast. I'm sorry. I was just I was here uh, trying to figure out the difference between he- Hebrew and 
Yiddish. Non-English. Not, not English. Fern. That's what it was. They're talking Fern. We'll be back after this break with more of your questions from Wild Bass Station. And we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The dogs are sleeping, but you better not be. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you go check out everything from The Fridge. Um, Fridge is incredible people. And if you need service, you don't know exactly what you want, what kind of beer you want, wine, liquor, uh, they've got someone that can help you with all of that. I've gone in with champagne questions. They've helped me out there. Um, you know, because I'm a champagne guy, you can probably tell by me being classy and stuff. But yeah, they've got great products, but great help and great prices. And just check out the fridge; they're amazing people. And again, you can get all Breckenridge Distillery products right there, and it's so good. On with your questions from Wild Bass Station. Here's Ryan Gills Gilbert from Pickles. Pickles. What is going on with the apparel deal? It's been discussed that the relationship with Nike has been broken on the podcast. Was that just some weird rumor mill stuff this weekend? And if the answer is Under Armour, is that really so bad? And now we turn it over to Zach Carlson. I don't think it's really that bad for if K-State switches to Under Armour, just because if you look at the Under Armour contracts that are out there right now, you look at Utah, they make 65, they're on a 10 year, $65 million deal. They make about $6.5 million a year on average in product and rights fees, which is something that Under Armour does that Nike doesn't really do. Under Armour is willing to pay cash and give cash to athletic departments versus you look at the Nike contracts, it's just product. At retail price is what they say in the contract. I'm sure that there's some fudging of the numbers here and there, but when you look at other Nike contracts around the Big 12, you see Oklahoma State, sure, they have more uh, more teams, more sports that they sponsor, but they're making about double in product allowance than K-State gets. So right now, I don't think that K-State really has a great Nike contract. And if Under Armour comes in, it really wouldn't take a lot for Under Armour to give K-State a contract, especially with the way that they do their contracts with those, you know, the brand rights with cash and seeing how Under Armour has gotten out of their bad deals. They had a terrible deal with UCLA that they got rid of and they had to settle. They paid like $67 million to UCLA. It was cheaper to settle. Than it was it. cheaper to settle and just pay UCLA what they you know, were able to do in court to not sponsor them anymore and not provide them the deal that they had. They got out. I don't know what the settlement was with Cal, but Cal switched to Nike just kind of secretly, not necessarily secretly, but the Under Armour deal was much longer than when they announced Nike. It was like they announced Nike as a new partner 
and there was still multiple years on the unarmored deal. So I don't know what happened there. But Notre Dame just signed a 10-year extension, averaged $10 million value per year. So a lot of that's obviously product, but I'm certain that they're paying some cash to the athletic department. So when you when you hear about this, it makes sense, especially especially with Texas Tech. They're out of contract at the end of this year, just like K-State is. So you have an Under Armour school that's out of contract. And you have Under Armour, who may be seeing K-State as a potential you know, top brand that they could put their logo on. And they made a competitive deal. And quite frankly, Nike just isn't going to match what Under Armour can no. bring. They're not. I mean, and it's all good stuff. You have to understand, Nike's not paying K-State a dime. They're they're providing stuff. Right. And a lot of the Nike stuff you see the coaches wear is done in-house. They buy the blanks and they stitch it or whatever. Nike has not been a good partner. But with that said, Kansas State hasn't been a particularly good partner to Nike either. They've rejected every alternative uniform, basically, right. through the years because Coach Snyder didn't want them. And, and honest, honestly, Al Serby, the equipment guy, isn't into that. And he said it. And if you're Nike and you've mocked up all this stuff through the years and sent it to K-State and they've never once acted upon it with football, you would look at them as not being a good partner, not the other way around. Yeah, like we're doing you some cool stuff. Try it. No, we're gonna stick it. And and I, this isn't whether to say they should be using alternate uniforms or not. It's just how the relationship has just been. Nike doesn't value anyone outside of the very elite brands. Like Oklahoma's got the Jumpman, you know, which is the higher level of Nike gear. Right, Jordan Brand. Yeah, Jumpman. Yeah. yeah. And so it's uh, it's not been a good relationship. Probably viewed. Not well from either side. And the question becomes, what Under Armour is paying you, is it worth can maybe the pushback from fans? As I said in my daily delivery on this topic, folks, you'll buy stuff. I mean, Under Armour is going to come out with some cool stuff if that's the contract. And you go, oh, yeah, I want that. I have no problem with Under Armour gear. I think their shirts are pretty nice. I mean, when we were with Rivals, for a while they were under Under Armour, so we got free shoes. We got, And I yeah. liked their shoes. I did. But they're not a basketball brand. They never have been, and that's the concern from the basketball side is this isn't good for recruiting because it's hard to understand how important – the right gear, the right shoes are to these kids. They've been, they've grown up in this environment. Go watch air, go watch it and, and realize how embedded into the basketball culture shoes are. And Under Armour is not part of that equation. So there's real concern there on the basketball side about what will happen. Gene Taylor's got a big choice. I mean, the money would be great. Um, better cooperation from a vendor might be incredible. Oh, well, I think some of the cooperation falls on K-State's end, too. Because, because when you look at, you know, the alternate uniforms, you know, we talk about football equipment, you know, go back to the cat script that right. you didn't like, but fans bought the merch. And it was a merchandise event, and that was the first time that K-State had really done it. And, and they got that right. But that's really the only thing they've done in the last 15 years where they said – we're going to put something on the field, and, and they should be doing this every year. 
put something on the field. You can create some auxiliary merch. You don't have to sell a jersey or necessarily a football helmet, but you can create something. Like last year, they put the, the, the Willie logo on the helmet. They didn't advertise a single lick of that logo oh. online no. on their shops. There is a disorganization when it comes to wearing alternate uniforms and creating alternate looks. There's a disconnect between equipment and marketing and retail. And, you know, and I've talked about, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I've talked about this with other people. Get into it because it's, you're exactly because right. Because like this summer, they just switched their official store to Rally House. And they used to be um, K-State Superstore, which was owned by Haynes, formerly GTM. You know, that was their main partner. And if you want to go back 15, 20 years, there were three good K-State retailers in, in the city kind of, kind of doing their business. You had K-State Superstore with GTM. You had Varney's. And you had Ballard's for a little bit. They would buy Nike stuff. They'd put it there. But with Nike... To get this product, you have to order a minimum number of pieces for for fan gear. You know, ten thousand, whatever it is. It, it, you know, they they have to order a certain amount of product, and they switch from at least at the store. You know, at the stadium, those stores they switched to Rally House, yes, but they also changed their online retailer from Fanatics mm -hmm. to Rally House, and Fanatics is the number one sportswear brand, at least retailer, in the world. Right. For Fanatics is... Online, right. in stadiums. Fanatics is aren't, the company you need to be with. Aren't they out of Tuscaloosa? Nah, Philly, I think. Yeah. Or somewhere. It, it's the 76ers guy. Oh, is it? Well, uh, right? I think they... Or something. I don't know. It, it something seems to there. me that it was but, basically like a... <clears throat> like a GTM type thing. This guy started it up. Maybe he sold it since then. Go ahead. I don't know. But yeah, it, it's, you know... Fanatics has grown into a monster of a company. They're taking over the NHL deal from Adidas, which I think is interesting, probably on the, the negative side, but that's besides the point. Fanatics, biggest online retailer, and they've taken over a lot of the in-stadium retail places too. But with Fanatics, they're buying a lot of product, a lot of Nike product for a lot of schools, a lot of teams, you know, pro, college, doesn't matter. Fanatics has probably has the largest account with Nike in the world, they're probably buying more Nike product than anybody. I'd be willing to bet that. Mm -hmm. But you switch to Rally House. Is K-State, you know, as part, of, as part of that agreement, are they telling Rally House, hey, we've got this deal with Nike. Are you willing to buy X amount of Nike product to keep Nike happy? Because I don't, I don't know if that's a question that, that gets asked. And I just I think that there's something in house at K State when it comes to retail, when it comes to you know, it, and it, it does come down to uniforms on the you know on the field on the court, you know it's what the fans see and they want gear that kind of matches that. You see it with the lavender polos right. or pullovers. You know people fell in love with those. It was you know after the cats thing, that was the next thing that people bought. There is always demand for a retail experience. And something that, you know, somewhat limited edition because the, the lavender polos, they weren't initially widely available. I mean, even today, you still can't find not, one easily. It's not a color Nike mass produces. And right. people got to understand, they're mass producing colors in, the, in their materials. And then it turns into USC or Oklahoma or whatever matches that color. 
Lavender is not a color that is right. widely used. But to, to wrap up my point, I think that K-State, when it comes to retail, the, the cat script was great. Doing that, I think they what sold $65,000 worth of stuff in a couple days. I don't know, remember exactly what the numbers were, but you know that's become a staple in people's closet now. But you have to make sure you do that every year with something. You know, you look at UCF, they're a Nike school. They do the space game every year. They have a different uniform that they wear on the field, but there's also alternate merch that comes with it. And they've been doing that even since COVID. You know, another thing, if if you're Chris Kleiman and you're saying, well, we can't do alternate uniforms or anything, just the supply chain, it's tough right now. It takes two years to design a uniform set. And we've been hearing that for two years now. How bad is that if you're Nike and you're hearing the coach say, hey, we can't, we just can't do anything. Our, our partner just is so backed up. But you can see all the other schools and you know how long the design takes. You know exactly when the orders are due for the next season. I think it's September, I think it's October 1 for football. Every year, October 1, you need to tell Nike exactly what you need. So that's why this contract is, you know, pressing right now. Because Nike needs to know if they're gonna if you're gonna be a partner for the next year. So you can get your stuff ordered. Yep. And and I could keep going on about the, you know, the white pants that they did and that those were probably ordered in January at the absolute earliest that year they did that. That cost a lot of money. A lot of Nike dollars that K-State had to get those pants produced in such short amount of time, custom made. It was insane. Yeah, that's a good comparison. It you don't get cash from Nike, you get Nike bucks. Yeah. You get you get their play money that you spend back to them with whatever prices they want to set on those items. It's it's not been a good relationship. But I'll post a thread on Wabash. If you have any questions for me, I'll put an FAQ up or something. But this is right I could go in on and on and on about house. this. this <laughs> if Ryan Wallace was on this podcast, we would never end. It would never end. I agree. I don't know if I've seen this username, Tim Zitzgerald. This is their first post. Welcome. Brand new. Brand new. Make sure you pronounce that name right. This is not your burner. No, no. Did you name this person? No, I didn't. No, no, no. No, one day during the sale, we had back-to-back. Like, I get a list of everyone who signed up. And, like, on this day, there was, like, 18 Mm -hmm. new sign-ups when I checked. And these two were back-to-back. There was two plays on my name back-to-back. I laughed my ass off. What's this one? Zitz Gerald. Yeah. Yeah, you really really missed out on Fem Tits Gerald. But go ahead with your question. Okay. Okay. Anyways, Tim Zitz Gerald wants to know, with all of the news coming out of Iowa and Iowa State about sports Betting, are you concerned that something similar could happen to any of the Kansas schools? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. It can happen anywhere. And But this falls on the, the schools in Iowa. Obviously didn't do a good job. If you got your damn quarterback being filmed making bets in bars, what an idiot. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 for idiocy, that's a 15. So something broke down in Iowa. But, yeah, it's a concern. And this disease has spread to other campuses because some of these kids transferred. I'll just say this. I, I don't know if they knew anything was going on with Arlen Bruce, but it makes sense why all of a sudden they weren't interested in him at all. It was like a good decision if they didn't know because he's not going to play probably at Oklahoma State. Right? That's where he ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can't bet there, though. So good for <laughs> good for that. Yeah. I. 
I, I could see how kids would trip into this. You're betting on the World Series. You're betting on the World Cup. You're betting on NBA. But they were betting on college sports and at times their own damn team. There is literally got to be no one associated with college athletics that doesn't understand you don't do that under any situation. I mean, that's like one of the basic things you learn when you walk onto campus and you're going to be associated with athletics. You cannot gamble. And if you gamble on your own team, your career is over and your life is never going to be the same because you might be the target of an FBI investigation. The best part of this was the Iowa State players that were betting on Iowa State sucked at gambling worse than they did at football because they kept getting their bets wrong when they're participating in the games. They bet on their own team for the under and then they score. Uh, it's, it's, it, the whole thing's ridiculous. Oh, Iowa State's in big trouble with this. I mean, they're going to lose their quarterback, their running back. Who knows what else? I'm less plugged into what's going on in Iowa, but it's equally bad. But, yes, every state with legalized gambling needs to worry about this, period. And if, I, if I'm a player right now and I'm seeing what's going on by a player and I realize, oh, crap, I didn't realize I couldn't bet on whatever. Yeah. You know, not my own sport, not college athletics. I couldn't bet on the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm going out. I'm just going right to the administration, to compliance, and I've screwed up. I didn't know. I, I thought I was fine not betting on my team. Here we go, and take your thirty yeah. percent penalty, which means what three games in football. You're going to see a lot of kids, I think, around the country just disappear for three games, and it won't be advertised. But it'll be kids coming forward saying, I screwed up. I don't have a concern about it already happening, because if it were to be happening in Kansas, we've seen what's happening at Iowa. It'll it'll come to light. But in the future, yes, that is a concern because it is just so it's so easy. And even if it's not legal in your state to get an offshore bookie or something or go through a friend. It's it's very easy to place bets. Yeah. If you, if you want to, if you have that desire, nothing will stop you from doing it. I mean, almost the only thing that I can think of right now to prevent student athletes, your own student athletes, I guess, if you're a school, put everybody on the casino exclusion list. They can't go to any casino, can't open up an account and, you know, do anything. But can't even go, if you do that, though, right, that's just the legal ones. Sure. But from. those are the only ones that see any oversight do you think bovada is calling authorities in the united states for irregular betting activity no exactly this, see, that's that's my point is they're not it's not gonna be detected at the attorney general right. level in iowa like these these were legal iowa sports yeah. books yeah. reporting this yeah no yeah sure are, sure are is it dumb. bad yes <laughs> yes is it bad to do offshore yes you shouldn't be betting on any games if you're a football player but the point is you did it with your own social security number mm-hmm. you did it with your parents social security number you did it on your own device and you bet on college sports and especially the team you bet on you're gonna get found out yeah it's exactly. total idiots yeah but that's like I've been sitting here trying to think of some company or some solution. I just I don't understand how you can't just if you're a university just compile a list of all of your athletes and employees, send it to 
DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, the Kansas Commission, you know, whatever, just say these social security numbers, these names cannot have accounts. Because if you're the gambling institution, the book, you don't want to be associated right. with this either. Do not let mm-hmm. these social security numbers sign up for a book anywhere in the country for X amount of time. I, I truly don't know any other way because there's always going to be kids that are tempted. Yeah. Especially with today's day and age with, with NIL, right? You get somebody, not for throwing a game or anything like that, but hey, you can you can bet on somebody's first pass to be complete or incomplete. Like, hey, just throw this ball in the dirt and here's X amount of dollars coming your way. And that's pretty dang hard to detect. Yep. Because it's now legal. Well, it'd be hard to detect with Hunter Deckers because he does that anyhow. Right. This is very true. I mean, if he was supposed to throw an interception in a game, would we know it was not his normal game? I don't understand. And there's a possibility that his suspension could improve Iowa State football. Good. Uh, last point here for me. The good news is, at least for Kansas, you know, K-State, KU, whatever, gambling, sports betting has been legal in Kansas for less than a year. So you're only going to have bets that are from September 1 to now for for if anybody did it in Kansas. Right. Iowa, it's been legal for much longer. Yeah. So the number of – because if you – let's say that you're a K-State or KU athlete and you signed up legally. That means you're 21. So it means that you're at least a junior. So really any freshman or sophomore from the last season is probably going to be fine. Right. So you're looking at upperclassmen from the last year are going to be the only Kansas athletes. So I I don't think it's as big of an issue for Kansas. Yes, could have happened. But if you nip it in the bud right now and if people did it, it's not going to be necessarily as bad as what happened over the last two years at Iowa. I agree. From Doug142. Great name. Given that the Big 12 wants wants strength to schedule to try to get a second playoff spot and lots of great inventory to increase value to the networks, should the Big 12 go to 10 conference games? No, that's the inventory is what you're you're losing a non-conference game here. So um, there's 16 members. You're losing eight games out of inventory by doing that. You're now turning an extra game. I see your point. It, It raises the value of it. But I don't think the conference teams are going to still schedule a non-conference P5 if you're already playing 10 in conference. I, you know, I don't think you're improving. You're, you're, you're ending up with the same kind of P5 versus P5 mm-hmm. inventory, but eight less games in your overall inventory. Don't go to 10 games until the SEC goes to nine. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is there's such SEC bias in programming. Was my Alexa said something? Hmm. Um, that they much rather show Tennessee against Austin P than, and they they just like having all those games because people watch them. It's just crazy to me. But if Kansas State plays Austin P, they don't want that game. It's just insane to me what the networks have decided what's good and bad. Um, but yeah, with the playoff going to twelve. Um, I, I think the concern now is to make sure you're not locked out because there's a move in the SEC where they want to just be the highest ranked 12 teams. No, 
No, that just plays right into every bias that we've been saying you have, is that the voters just think every game in the SEC means more, and it doesn't. And you'll end up with six, seven SEC teams in the top 12. The voting will just intentionally get skewed at that point if they have that kind of power. No, you take champions and then the the next highest ranked from a formula that derives a ranking separate from the actual rankings. You cannot give voters that kind of power. Do you want Stuart Mandel deciding who's playing for national championships when the guy doesn't have any clue about college football or college athletics as a whole? It's still a committee. In the form it is now, yeah. I don't think it's as bad as giving, you know, a third of the weight to an AP or, well, just it would be the, just the AP people. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I think yeah, you can't go to 10. Nine's a perfect number to schedule with. Nine's the exact number. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect number for a 16-team conference. You add up. Every team's wins and losses from a Big 12 conference slate, it's 500, right? right. There's one winner, one loser. Right. If you're playing a mid-major program or whoever, you're going to get, what is there, you know, 14 and 2 or something like that. So you're just creating more losses for yourself if you have 10 conference games. Exactly. If you play eight conference games, you're going to go 4 and 4. I mean, right? right. Or 8 and 8. I guess it would be 8 yeah. and 8. Or you could go 16 and Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just it, – that's why the SEC only plays eight. They can get – a Missouri can win two conference games and – well, they're not going to win all four non-conference games this year. <laughs> but in theory, they could win four non-conference games and go to a bowl. It's cowardice. It's just – it's pure um, sleight of hand here with what they're doing. They, they want everyone to – look at the record. They're so much better. Well, yeah, you played a third patsy on your schedule. In November. Right. And some of the schedules, well, some of them are good. They play two power fives. There's some that are playing no power fives. What? Come on, man. What are you doing? Don't tell me you're the best and then back away from competition that way. I mean, with, with the new college football playoff, when it expands to 12 teams, and you have, what, six conference champions get to go? So you'll have power four now that the Pac-12's gone. You'll probably have the American and maybe... Mountain West, somebody, doesn't matter who, but six conference champions, whoever that are ranked the highest. And then you have six at-larges. I think more years than not, the runner-up in the Big 12 championship game is going to make the playoff. Just yeah, based on the sheer numbers, how the Pac-12 was, you know, it collapsed. Well, look at last I mean, think yeah. about it. You look at every team in the Pac-12 just got a harder path to the playoff. Four teams go to the Big 10, which is already good. And then you have the Big 12 that just added four more teams from the Pac-12. So it's just you have OU in Texas who probably had the easiest path on paper, at least what the media would like you to think. Their path just got harder because now they have to go through all of the good SEC schools. I mean, I think that if you're the Big 12 right now, you feel good. Well, if you're K-State right now, you feel good about getting a playoff spot because you think you can compete as well as or better than the new additions that you add to the conference. You won the Big 12 championship last year, and OU and Texas weren't in the game last year. Mm -hmm. So if you're K-State, you got to feel good about the position the conference is in. But I think you stay at nine conference games. 
I agree. I agree. It's been a few years since either of those teams have been in the championship game. Well, those those were the last times they were in it. From Eric Schneid, last question of this podcast. Does the Big 12 expanding coast to coast solidify cities like Dallas and Kansas City as the best options for the football championship and basketball tournament? Or do you think it will start moving to other conference territories? I think one year ago, Brett Yormark had full intention to move in the basketball around. He recognized the importance of being in Texas with football and that stadium. After one year of seeing what it's like in Kansas City, he changed his mind. So I think we were all annoyed when Pac-12 people came into this conference and started saying, we've got to have the tournament in Vegas. Shut up. Uh, you, you don't walk into someone's house and say, well, thanks for inviting me. You really need a new couch. I mean, that's exactly how it came across. Need a new closet in here, Fitz. Yeah, I need a new closet. New bunk beds. Just come to Kansas City for a couple years and see what it's like. Yeah. Uh, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah. If if your teams are good enough to make it to Kansas City. I'm still not sure how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I love how Brett Yormark stole the media seats. At the Big 12 Championship or the Big 12 Tournament. Jerk. But he gave everybody beer. And everything That's is fair. forgiven. It's fair. Didn't Too bad K-State only played one game one day. Give me we only got one night of free beers. I guess we could have okay. got every night. With our press, con- with, with our press passes, yeah. But huh. we'll have to do that next year. We'll ditch the poker trip, Jack, and we'll just go we'll drink just beer. Just do that. Huh. Well, I, I'll say this. Um in theory, I don't mind having the basketball product moved around, but not the tournament. I think it would be cool to have a series of, um, like, let me just pull two teams out here. BYU and Kansas State play opponents in Las Vegas to open the season. Bring back the holiday tournament. Or bring back the holiday tournament. Move it, move it to Vegas. Play it in Vegas. Play it in Dallas. Play it in Oklahoma City. Doesn't matter. Just start the year. You know, do it. Do it between Christmas and New Year's or whatever you want to do. Just start off the conference season with a tournament. Everybody plays two games, and then you have the count as conference games. Don't make it a tournament. Like do kind of like what the NBA is doing with their little thing. Make them count as conference games, but there's maybe a little bit of an extra reward on the side, and then. You know, play eight and eight for conference or seven and seven for conference. You know, do something like that. Oh, man. Then he'll come up with something. Yeah. He's a free thinker. He's going to come up with some way to get the brand to New York City, to Las Vegas, to Orlando, maybe to Indianapolis to be right in the middle of Big Ten territory. He's going he's gonna to do it. Maybe it will involve, you know, playing a challenge series with someone and spreading those games around the country instead of home venues, which I think is cool. I mean, I pitched last year that they. They have their non-conference challenge series with the at at bowl season and have bowl season basketball. I mean, because even then you can slot in the games and openings into the schedule. I don't know. It's staying in Kansas City. I think that's all I got to say. And they're not moving out of Dallas. It's just too important to have that Dallas presence. Well, it's got extended there through what mm-hmm. that was announced at Media Days this summer. Yeah. What year was it? And that's 2031, I think. Look, that, Basically, I mean, the whole grant of rights, I think, the next TV deal. Let's be honest here. If your championship game is um, in five years, it's UCF and Arizona State, 
granted, both sets of fans have to fly, but those from Phoenix to Dallas and Orlando to Dallas are damn easy flights to fill. Same way Atlanta is perfect for the SEC. Right. You, you, everyone can get there. If you, you might have to fly, but everyone can get there. And I think that's really important because in the Big 12, people go to the championship game. It's going to be a weird thing for the Pac-12 fans to realize, oh, people go to games. They actually care. That was a long Speaking day. of flying. Yeah. This airport here, guys. Oh, what a mess. Yeah. Hey, if you haven't heard, the airport is now officially delayed. Um, it won't be. Unsurprised. Yeah. Shocked. Uh, it won't be open till October. And I was told by Little Birdie yesterday that this is typical Manhattan, Kansas um, FUBAR. They apparently signed penalties in the contract for late the project going late. And the contractor realized the penalties are less than paying the overtime. So they have elected not to pay overtime, not to work too hard to get it done because it's cheaper to be late. Good for them. Congre- smart for them. They outsmarted Manhattan, Kansas city government. Not shocking. Oi. Oi. So no airport for the first month of the football season, at least. Is that for real? Yes. They announced it yesterday. Yes. It's not going to be open till October. When I saw that they hadn't made an update for a couple months, that's usually a typical sign of saying, "Eh, it's probably behind. Probably behind. You hired a contractor who didn't care to make the date, which was vital for your city and the university that lies within your city. It's just unbelievable. It's so peak Manhattan. On that great note, we'll end the podcast. Thanks for listening. Got long in the second half, but now you know a lot more about the shoe contract thing because Zach is an expert in this. K-State, hire him to be in charge of this kind of stuff. But not too quickly. I kind of need him. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.